When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Queens, Mason, and Muse Mon League podcast. I'm Steve Seiper, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing this week? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Good, good. I would like the winter to be more, or weather to be more wintry. Listen, 60 degree days in the winter, I'm not going to complain. Ah, this sucks. I want it to be cold. I want my face to hurt when I go outside. Well, soon it will hurt because the winter we're going to have like 90 degree weather soon, so you'll get oh. some. Oh no. <laughs> it's the direction we're heading. This is it? what I asked for, but not how I meant it. Yep. Monkey paw yep. curls. Mm. Alright, so very simple promote extend trade this week. Uh, we're going to follow in the footsteps of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, and we're going to make a superhero. So these are the most common superhero origins. And of them, what are we going to promote? What are we going to stand? What are we going to trade? First up, we have um, the Lucky Accident, which is, you know, the Hulk, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, where, you know, something goes horribly wrong. And instead of getting cancer or dying or something terrible, we actually get powers. Next is the Outsider Who Protects Us, the Superman or Silver Surfer or Thor, some kind of, you know, alien origin and that's why you have powers that make you stronger than humans and last is random genetic mutation all of the x-men simple explanatory enough hmm that's an interesting one at the risk of being the Debbie Downer, and like I do love modern Marvel stuff because I have I like trash Judge me all you want, listeners. Um, what made me not enjoy superhero movies as much pre-Marvel was, like, just not being able to find it believable. Like, the Tobey Maguire origin, I'm like, wait, I know two I know two chapters worth of a biotext book. This is absolutely fucking ludicrous. <laughs> so I always thought that was stupid. But Alien, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm promoting the uh, – or extending the alien one for sure. Yeah, I think that is the most logical. I, I mean we're talking about things that are inherently illogical, but 
That is the most logical out of all these illogical things. I'm probably going to do, like, the happy accident stuff just because, like, I don't know. I want to be an alien. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Day. I mean, that's like the entire Superman arc is him just being sad all the time. Yeah, literally. Yep. He's just like, oh, man. My planet's gone. I am sad. <laughs> Tough it out. Yeah, man. That should be the uh, the, the subheader for the next uh, Superman movie. <laughs> Superman, my planet's gone and I'm sad. <laughs> Henry Cable is sad. <laughs> the one problem with that, though, is that something has to go horribly wrong. So that kind of sucks. You know, in, in, in the Fantastic Four's case, like, they get basically knocked off course or whatever and then bombarded with, with radiation. Or Spider-Man obviously gets bit by a spider. I mean, uh, true story. I got bit by a spider in, like, fifth grade and I had to stay home from school and get, like, a doctor's note because they thought I had Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he this was just Spider-Man. This is how right, you exactly. become the tick. Oh, the tick. <laughs> that was a good superhero I was I was suction cupped by a radioactive octopus, and now I'm octopus man. <laughs> Worst animals to get powers from. <laughs> that would be a good promote extend trade. You get suction cupped by a radioactive octopus, and now you're now Zoidberg. <laughs> now that'd be a crab. Hmm. <laughs> At least you would have an ink sac to deploy against your enemies. <laughs> That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. We're totally ignoring the third one, which was what was that? Uh, mutation. Genetic mutation. Eh, yeah. I don't. That's boring. I'm just born different. No. Mm-hmm. Built wanna... different. <laughs> Constructed <laughs> alternatively. <laughs> Fitting with the uh, Witcher round to talk about mutation, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of not blood. particularly believable that a simple genetic mutation is going to uh enable you to open a dimensional door with your eyes and yes that's what um true it's true what the hell cyclops thank you christ that's how cyclops powers work in case you didn't know he opens a the a dimensional door to a dimension of pure kinetic energy yes i read that today and i was like wow that's Unnecessarily stupid. Why can't you shoot lasers out of his eyes? (laughs) Do you really have to go that extra step? That make that extra step makes it unbelievable. It's absolutely shooting lasers out of your eyes. Fine, completely believable. Yeah, Uh, uh it's opening a portal to. I mean, that's just science. (laughs) Wait, you guys can't shoot lasers out of your eyes? Who among us? Trying to think of what the other ridiculous X-Men powers are. Like, telepathy, I could even believe. Strength, sure. Healing, that's believable. Maybe not to the extent they have it, but it's believable. I mean, there's a lot of really stupid X-Men powers out there, if you want I'd to I'd argue stop. most of the X-Men powers are really stupid. I mean, I like, there's, like, a core of ten that are, are semi-reasonable, and then they get real weird real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the sad comic about uh what's his name? Forget me not. His his mutation means no one ever remembers him. That is pretty sad. He's basically the um uh the aliens from Doctor Who, uh blanking. I'm totally blanking. The silence from Doctor Who. Um it's this whole sad comic about how he's helping someone caught in offense and basically shoving himself in there in their place, but they don't remember his sacrifice. But he's mm. pointing out that, hey, all those times the X-Men get lucky, they're not getting lucky. I'm doing it, but you just don't remember. <laughs> Ha-ha! Your criticism of my comic book, my bad storytelling, is explained away. Well, sometimes everybody forgetting you can be a good thing. Certain superheroes, you know, probably could use some of that. Isn't that a big plot point in the new Spider-Man? No spoilers? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't I don't seen know. it either. This is a no spoiler podcast, so no I worries. Seen it, but no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, rate it out of ten. It's real good. Eight, eight and a half. Give it a it, real good out of ten. It's it's yeah. my favorite live action Spider Man. I think. Oh. I think Into the Spider Verse is my favorite Spider Man movie. So, but okay, it's my favorite live action one. I think. All right, all right. 
Well, before we get to the Spider-Man talk, we have some actual legit baseball news to talk about this week. Not exactly in the minor league wheelhouse, but it's definitely going to have like some kind of impact on on minor league players this upcoming season, assuming we have one. And uh, I guess no spoiler alert is necessary here. Buck Showalter was hired as the Mets' new manager. Uh, I really Steve Cohen literally failed to not spoil this, apparently. Yeah. 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 I don't really know too much about him other than the name and, and, you know, the fact that historically he's kind of well regarded as a manager. So I look, you know, I was just looking him up and his bio and everything. He's from Florida, went to MSU. He was drafted by the Yankees in the fifth round of the 1977 draft. And he was in the system for seven years from 1977 until 1983. He worked his way up to AAA, but he never actually got called up to the majors. And, you know, scouting was a much more simple thing back then than it is now. And we just kind of have to look at the numbers at at face value because we don't really have, you know, us public people don't really have too much else to go on. But he probably was good enough to get at least a cup of coffee. He played 32 games in AAA and he bombed in them. But he was at the AA level for six years, which is really crazy. Um, in today's day and age, and in 705 games at, at the AA level, he hit 291, 364, 362. So you'd think they'd give him a little bit more of a chance than 32 games at, at AAA and then goodbye, but whatever. Um, he retired in 1983. The Yankees hired him as a manager for their New York Penn League team, the Oneida Yankees. Um, he, he had a good record there over a couple of years, so they promoted him to the Fort Lauderdale Yankees, their Florida State League team. Same thing, a couple of years, he had a good record there. He got bumped up to manage the, uh, Albany Colony Yankees, which is their double A team at the time. Um, eventually they brought him up to the, the Yankees major league coaching staff in 1990, and he's coached four teams since then. Um, which is 30 years ago, which is crazy. 1990s, 30 years ago. But he's coached the Yankees, the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Orioles, and he has a cumulative um, 1,551 wins and 1,517 losses. That's so, so many games. Shade, <laughs> yeah, shade over 500. Um, of the five teams that he's managed, oh, excuse me, five teams that he's managed, they played in the postseason, Arguably, you could say that he had six teams because he was the Yankees manager in 94. Yeah, they would have probably went to the World Series, right? Exactly, yeah. Or or at least the postseason, if nothing else. Um, I was talking to a friend earlier today, and apparently Buck Walter has the record for most years managing a team without actually winning a pennant. He's been in the game 20 years, no pennants. But a bunch of solid teams. So what do you guys think of this? Someone I don't, I don't, with a positive take should go first. So, I have a multitude of takes, I think. Because I've been thinking about this for a while. Because I felt like it was going to be him for, like, weeks now. I think um, it was pretty obviously going to be him. For yeah. Him. yeah, like, because, like, Scherzer really wanted him. And, like, I feel like it's just a veteran team. And a veteran team is going to want the veteran manager, you know? Like, and I think that's important because the last few guys have lost the locker room pretty badly. And Buck Showalter isn't going to let, like all the dumb Mets stuff happen in the media with the players and with the coaching staff and stuff like that. Like that's simply not happening. And that's a good thing. It doesn't really matter, but that's also a good thing because it's just annoying to be a Mets fan and deal with that all the time. But also like he's never been analytically inclined, but also he's never been with a team that has the analytics department that the Mets have now, even let alone a good one, you know, like the Orioles didn't have any of that shit when he was the Orioles manager. And so, of course, he wasn't analytically inclined. There was nothing there for him to go to, you know? So maybe he Dusty Bakers it and is now, even though he's older, he says, hey, look, this information's here for me and I'll use it because Dusty did that last year and it was kind of a surprise to a lot of people with Astros and they were very good last year, obviously. So hopefully it's that, but also I think a lot of this is more like it's a, it's, it's, it's the, it's the safe pick because you know that like there's not going to be, unenforced LOL Mets stuff when 
Luis Rojas is like, yeah, I don't know. And then two hours later, it gets leaked to the media. That's it's something else. And it just looks stupid. So I think that's why they did this more than anything else. I'm neutral, I guess. Towards yeah, the, the thing is, like, I've been looking and looking and looking. I've read a bunch of stories about how well-respected he is, how great of a manager he is, this and that, whatever. But I, like, I don't know. I can't figure out why he is so well-respected. Yeah, why? me neither. Like, I don't know it's, what it is. It's such a but... weird thing. I mean, very few guys out there that have been in baseball for as long as he he has, people can be like, oh, yeah, this guy's terrible. Like, if you've been in baseball for for 30 years, you know, like, Obviously, you're well liked enough that people will keep giving you chances and everything, but I don't know. One good thing, though, I read, and obviously, you know, you don't know how much of this he's actually gonna, uh, like, employ and how much of this is just kind of lip service or whatever, but, you know, he says he's in favor of, of using analytics, he's in favor of using anything that's gonna help the team win. So, you know, in, in the context of this being a minor league podcast and everything, I hope that that same kind of logic applies to minor league players too. Obviously, you know, you, he can't control who the GM is going to promote and put on the roster and everything, but he can control playing time. And, and I mean, I feel no like one's really of, here though. Like, yeah, what, the Mets what don't minor, have prospects to worry well, about. Like, I mean, like what minor league, leaguers is he keeping down? Well, 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 I don't mean as in keeping down, but I'm saying as in using them. Like, there's pretty much, a, I don't want to say guaranteed, but there's like a 95% chance that Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, Khalil Lee, Mick Plummer, they get some kind of opportunity. Oh, okay, sure. And a lot of times when you have, like, I feel like this team is like, I don't want to say it's win now mode completely, but you know, DeGrom's window is, is, I don't want to say closing because that doesn't sound good, but you know, he's not going to be the goat forever. Sure, sure. You don't give Scherzer $143 million and say we're winning in two years. Like, right. they want to win this year. They want to win the pennant this year and win right. the World Series right. this year. It is I what it is. I feel when teams are, like, in that kind of position, at least as a fan, listening to other fans and, you know, listening to talk radio heads and stuff like that, there's always that element of, like, oh, you can't use a minor leaguer because they're just unknowns and you need to win every game and yada, yada, yada. So I hope that, you know, if – Showalter is willing to use whatever he has at his disposal. If that includes guys that are being promoted like Vientos or Beatty or Lee or Plummer or whatever pitcher possibly, you know, he actually gives them a chance and there isn't that prejudice that, you know, rookies might mess things up. So I'm just going to bury them and never actually use them. I get what you're saying. I, I, Started to, and I was just like, you know what, there's too much, you know, I don't have enough time to actually do this. You know, starting to look at, like, his his kind of tendencies, like, looking at the Orioles teams and, okay, what rookies were promoted and how many at-bats. But then I was like, well, I don't really have the context of what was going on with the team at the time and how yeah. these players were really, you know, uh, valued or whatever. So I, I just stopped. But but those, those Orioles teams were, like, young, homegrown players yeah they yeah, also weren't the, it wasn't like they were particularly good team like their record yeah. was much better than the talent so it wasn't as if he, he was juggling players um he was getting a lot out of those orioles teams like <clears throat> i obviously it's not him it's not like he's like going out there and doing it but that's still on the manager to like that's he's part of the equation there and those teams were probably in over their heads a little bit I, I agree with your guys' point about not quite understanding why he's so well-liked. Um, and also, like, this needs to be said, when was the last time a dude got hired and everyone said, yeah, we hate that guy, fuck him? Like, <laughs> everyone loved Terry Collins. Ricky Calloway was, like, getting great press coverage, and we all know what he was. Yeah. Um. So this is like, please, I'm not trying to say that Buck has got some dark shit that we don't know about. Um, but in recent history, the Mets have had good people who were tactically inept managers and also just bad people hired as managers who then turned out to be, who, who got similarly, similarly glowing press coverage. And, I mean, just tactically, Bucks. 
Look, everyone's going to point to that Britain example, and I think it's fair. Like, that's a huge failing um, that he has since, like, taken responsibility for and whatever. But, like, I don't don't get it, really. Um, Particularly when... And and we had some interesting discussions about this in the Slack channel when when the up and coming race coach is right there. Um, so I do wonder though, like you have a team with the average age that the Mets have. It's it skews older. Like, do they really want another first time manager in there to try to figure out all the all the off the? Because to me, a baseball manager's biggest biggest um responsibility is managing everyone off the field rather than on it. Because, like, in the NFL or, like, in the NBA, you're making calls and you're doing all that stuff. In the NHL, you have systems and doing things like that. In the M- in, in, in baseball, Showalter's just, like, watching the game from the side. Of course, he's doing things like he's making bullpen choices and stuff, and that's where we really get into it and the lineup. But the Mets need – the Mets front office needs the team to buy into who they hire, and they will do that immediately with Showalter. Like, it's already done. They're already bought in. You know what I mean? Like you don't I, have there's, there's going to be no growing pains there, so I wonder how much that matters to them. That's the one counter argument I'm amenable to. I will say, like solely because it makes me think that they'll maybe keep some of the um, how to phrase this rumored trade pieces around, right? Like if they do this with the idea that okay, the locker room chemistry was perhaps not great last year. By all accounts, it deteriorated. Like, it right. just fell apart in the second half. Right. You and literally they, had your double play combo, you know, trading fists in the tunnel at one point. Yeah, like, I that's mean, that, that was happen. That's bad. That was early in the season, though, and they but got still, over like, that. Like, anyway. that does not happen with Showalter in, a, in, a, in the dugout. It just doesn't. Like, that... It, 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 he, he won't even let it get to that level. Because sure. the reports were like, Rojas was like, hey, McNeil, shift. And McNeil was like, No. He's not telling Buck Showalter no. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, I guess my well, we'll get back to the shifting in a moment. I guess, I guess, look, I, I, I'm amenable to that argument, and if that's what he achieves, that's good. But if they do this and then also still turn around and trade Jeff McNeil for a piss poor return, I'm going to be annoyed, right? Like, sure. either hire if you're intentionally going with the old school, old dude, respected manager. In the name of player buy-in or clubhouse chemistry, then do that and don't throw away your good players to also fix clubhouse chemistry. Um, as for the shifting, right, like that's perhaps the area I'm most afraid the Mets are going to backslide on. Like for years, they were a terrible shifting team. They finally pulled their heads out of their asses last year. And I worry a little bit about Showalter pushing back on that. I sure there hope he doesn't. A little bit. But – but also, like, I don't know, maybe I'm naive, but I have a really hard time, like, considering, like, the Mets are boosting their R&D department the way that they are, and then they're going to hire a guy who is literally going to tell them to go away, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm sure they mentioned that. In the, I'm pretty I'm sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that came up in the interview. Like, and if she, and like I said before, they, Showalter's never had an R&D department like this in any of his stops, because before it was the 90s and the early 2000s where the stuff wasn't happening and in Baltimore they were so far behind the curve so maybe it's different and like I'm also guilty of this where I see an old manager and I'll be like oh he's not amenable to this at all just off the top of my head when two old managers were in the World Series last year like older dudes and they're both amenable to analytics so it's not impossible I would be much more reassured by that argument had Cohen not been so intimately involved in this hiring Sure. Because this feels a lot to me like Cohen wanted Buck. Cohen got Buck. And and I just hope that wasn't uh, overruling the mind, the the powers that be in the front office to do so. Apple also wanted Buck in L.A. when he was in the. Okay. I mean, that's. He, he, He interviewed him and Artie Moreno overruled him for Madden. Look, if they so, had hired, like, Brad Ausmus, as was initially rumored, then yeah, I would have actually been pissed. Um, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. 
Yeah, I don't know how good the Angels were at shifting under Epler and, and things of that nature. Uh, I mean, it's really difficult to parse out the Mets front office structure, of course. We don't know who no, wants what. No so, yeah, so. I don't know. I have concerns. I'm mildly annoyed. At I think best. there's concerns with any of them, any person that they would have hired. <laughs> Is it just very picky? How do, how best offer? I think we've talked about this before, though. Right? Like, put, let's let's put aside the the longer discussion about just higher raise dudes because it's not that simple. But I think there, there's a reasonable presumption to be made that Quatrero, I think is how you pronounce it, is 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 a hot up and coming managerial candidate. And recently, the the raise guys in that vein have worked out. So let, let's presume that he is that for a moment. This is a, at worst, minor suboptimality because managers don't manage that much. You didn't hire Brad Osmus or bring back Terry Collins or hire a dude with a problematic history. You've hired a guy who's like well-liked and maybe a little too old school instead of going with the best optimal choice. But it feels far too often, especially on this our podcast where we talk about a lot of these marginal minor leaguers, that the Mets historically and even more recently – consistently make micro mistakes and worrying about any single one of them is stupid but in yeah. some total it, it starts to add up right like this is how the, the, the this is how smart teams win they get marginal advantages at every step and this feels yeah. like throwing away a potential marginal advantage i'm curious what his staff looks like like yeah if it's a bunch of like old old school dudes and i'd be like all right i kind of see where it's going but like he could hire a young bench coach guy and then we're like oh okay i see what he's trying to do you know what i mean like there's there's levels to it and we don't know the whole story yet and also i'm curious to see what he says in his press conference which is i think tomorrow what it was supposed to be announced yeah (laughs) before Cohen was just like he asked showalter can he tweet it out and showalter was like sure i don't care he's like a kid with christmas presents yeah (laughs) can i open a present tonight dad Is he actually older than Showalter? I don't even know. Probably. How off the top of your head, how old do you guys think Buck Showalter is? I know this answer, so I'm not saying it because I looked him up recently. Fifty-eight. I think I know the answer. What's two the even, answer? Two even numbers. No. No. Six four. Six. Yeah, You're very close. Am I crazy? Because I thought he was in his like seventies or something, and he's sixty-five. They're oh. both sixty-five. Both him and Cohen. I thought he was, like, ancient. No, he's 65. Which is, I thought that too, Lucas. I thought he was, like, 73 or something. Yeah, 75. I thought he was, like, Terry Collins' age. Yeah, me me too. When it was going around, I was like, he's so old. Why does he want to manage again? I looked up, I'm like, he's really not that old. No. Oh, we need to bring old. back, like, Connie Mack, like, old man in hat. <laughs> Who wears a suit. That's how old school. I would say, though, also, we finally have a manager who doesn't wear the uniform, and he wears, like, a like a windbreaker instead. That's always a cool look. I thought Mickey did that too. Mickey wore the uniform sometimes. I sh- we shouldn't go. Yeah. Oh, who, 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 <laughs> Mickey that asshole. But yeah, like he always wore the, that like the long sleeveish windbreaker thing in Baltimore. And he has the short sleeve ones for when it's warmer. So it's a different look in the dugout, which is nice. Well, I could yeah, not obviously. tell you what Couture. Was. I'm just. I am just glad they didn't hire Espada. Espada, right? Espada. Yes. Espada. I don't want to deal with any more Astros bullshit. No, thank you. Non-zero chance he gets suspended somehow. He's a yes. man again. Uh, they bring don't. up the. They, they bring it up again. The cheating. Mm-hmm. Just don't want to deal with that. And also, fuck them. They're cheaters. He felt so far out of the running too. Like he felt like a like an honorary third person. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, Showalter works out, and hopefully he'll finally get over that hump of not actually, you know, getting that pennant. This is a good team to get a pennant with. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I hope he does, because he does seem... uh, Every report is that he's a good person. He's been entertaining on LB Network. I hope he has professional success and can top off his career with a a pennant. And a World Series title. Or multiple. Who knows? All of the above sounds good to me. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So, um, yeah, there's no baseball news whatsoever. And <sighs> the Mets managerial search was the only thing. Yeah, that was really the only thing going on. So Have like, the A's done anything with their search? Apparently, Mark Katsay. Katsay? Yes. First baseman? Yes. yes, he is the favorite from what I understand. Huh? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me try to find the, the uh Was he at the Mark to share trade? I don't think so. No. Who is the first baseman that the Braves got back in the market? Yeah, A's are closing out on a managerial hire, and the focus appears to be on Mark Kotze, their current third base coach. Adam LaRoche? No. no, it wasn't Adam LaRoche. They got him later. Yeah. He was from the Pirates. I'm looking it up here. Yeah. It was from Casey the- Kochman. Sorry. Oh, not oh. Sorry. Wrong K. That's extremely, uh, we're gonna run like a $50 million payroll and don't really care higher. <laughs> oh, yes, 100%. Classic base. Uh, but yeah, he Matt, seems to be the favorite. Matt Chapman, anyone? I'd allow it. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'm going to allow this. So, I mean, yeah, there's no news. Other news in the world, it's just depressing. I mean, this country is, you know, just falling Oh, the, Steve, you, you missed something. The Mets signed Matt Reynolds. Yes. Oh, yeah. They brought Matt Reynolds. Reynolds. To, to 2011, uh, you know, number four prospect Matt Reynolds. Second round pick Matt Reynolds. World Series backup shortstop Matt Reynolds. 31-year-old Matt Reynolds. 31? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. No! That can't be right. Yeah, he's 31. Well, if he's 31, Buck Walter's like 65 or something. <laughs> he played for the in the White Sox organization last year. Fuck, you're right. He is 31. Yeah. He's like killed AAA everywhere he's been. It's extremely like, a, oh, we want Syracuse to be kind of... Good. We need a good this player. Is, I mean, I think that's a legit good depth signing. Yeah, it's, it, it, and also like it is what it is. Like you're like, hey, cool. Matt Reynolds, Matt, if, back. if Matt Reynolds has to be on your bench for a couple weeks, it's fine. Matt Reynolds is no Phil Evans. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Evans went fucking ballistic for like three weeks. Yeah, no, and, I and had then he, that he was. That was really fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Non ironically, had him on my fantasy team for like two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Uh, he, I mean, he was a pickup there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you like you should have because he was hitting like three fifty. <laughs> and he finished the season with a seventy three weighted runs created plus and a <laughs> negative ha- half a negative win. Yeah, well that's what happens when you're Phil Evans. Oof. But I mean that's that that's scraping the bottom of the barrel. So you can as you as you listeners out there can tell, we just are they're at a loss for things to talk about. Last week we talked about Star Wars because you know what, this is our podcast and why not? I don't care. This week we we're going to talk about Spider-Man because you know what? I don't care. We didn't subject <laughs> Ken to the Spider-Man or the Star Wars talk. Yeah, it's it, good. It, I, I have very little to add to that. It it all worked out. It, it worked out very well. This our last. They signed a couple other minor league guys. I'm just trying to pull up here. These are last year signings. That is not helpful. They signed Malik Smith and Jose Peraza. So that's not right. Uh, Nick uh, Dini. Okay. Um. I guess I have to pause ad block on this site. Hold on. Pause on this site once. 
Refresh. Um, Rob Zastrzny. Z-A-S-T-R-Y-Z-N-Y. I have no idea who this is. Um, and that's it. Oh, they, uh, they, they, they did make a minor league hire. I forgot about that. Jonathan mm-hmm. Armold. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. A-R-M-O-L-D. Does sound was, like Armold to me. Hey, Armold. <laughs> <laughs> he spent five plus years with the Rangers and he was three years of their pitching coordinator, but he's their minor league pitching coordinator now. He was a major league pitcher for a bit, I think. Nick Dinney, also a little interesting, has destroyed AAA for a couple years in a row for the Royals. Yeah, I mean, okay. like, when when your upper minor depth is so bad, just look for the dudes who hit in AAA and sign them, you know? Mm-hmm. You might as well make the team a little more competitive than it would have been, and that, that works for everyone involved, just because I guess you'd rather I'd rather play in a winning environment than a losing one, no matter what, no matter where I am. And I'm more concerned with his framing numbers, which I will look for when we start the Spider-Man discussion. But let me just pull up Zestrizny's real quick here. Zestrizny, uh, I don't understand the appeal here. He's been, I don't get this, mediocre, or no, just straight up bad starter in AAA for the Cubs, Dodgers, Marlins, whatever. Listen, okay. His warm body, and that's all Syracuse needs, really, is warm bodies. Mm-hmm. It was a top 23 prospect for the Cubs on Fangraphs in 2017. All right, well, it's going to put that on your LinkedIn. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we've talked enough about those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we've said all that there is to be said about them. And Yeah, Spider-Man was a good movie, and we will not spoil anything for anybody. Um, but I think anyway, Spider-Man has like the coolest villains. So let's just talk about Spider-Man villains. Like who are you guys' favorite Spider-Man villains? So fittingly to prep, specifically to prep for this podcast very diligently, nice. um, I went and rewatched, uh, uh, the original 2002 Spider-Man with Willem Dafoe and Tobey Maguire it was both worse and better than I remembered it being. They're really campy. Yeah. Classic, man. Not in a, that's not a bad thing, but mm. they're campy. You got to go into it expecting the camp. Mm. But for me, that's a pro if I'm watching a movie like that. Like, mm. like it's, it's, it's supposed to be dumb fun, you know? Like, Macho Man Randy Savage is in it. Like, come on. He is? In the first one. So, like, it, so it, it's fun. Oh, is the wrestler Macho Man Randy Savage? Lucas, you don't know who... I mean, I know you don't watch wrestling, but you don't know who Macho Man yeah. is? No. Yeah. Oh, Lucas. I don't know any of these things, Steve. Yeah, but he's Macho Man, like... <laughs> I know I know of the person. I would not recognize them, clearly. Have you ever had a Slim Jim? No, I've never eaten a Slim Jim. I prefer real food. Hmm. Yeah, but you could snap into a Slim Jim with Macho Man. <laughs> So he's the guy who says, I've got you for three minutes in the cage match? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Hmm. Uh, Willem Dafoe is fantastic in that movie, in a very funny way, but real great. He's good in the, in the in, yeah, he's good. He's yes, just good. He's, he's also good in the new movie. That he may or may not be in. No, he was in the trailer. Sorry. Yeah, he was in the trailer. Oh, okay. <laughs> His voice was in the trailer. If you didn't recognize it, that's on you. We'll There's surprises that they act. don't have in the trailer, but the, the villains were not the surprises. Bless you. I think the like the best written villain as I remember it, and I'm still getting to rewatching it. Someone's jamming out in the background. Um uh is the sand dude, Sandman. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. That movie's a disaster, but he's so good in it. A disaster strong, but He's he's got like a really compelling motive motivation if I recall correctly. Yes. It's his kid. It's his dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um they I really torn between well. Green Goblin and, and Sandman. Alfred Molina is such just such a good actor that I think he elevated Doc Ock really well. That's a good point. I mean Doc Ock... he's so he, he's just so good at what he was doing. Mm. Like it was a little less compelling emotionally, but like He's such a good actor that I don't care. 
Fitting comparison since the new Matrix movie just came out. Uh, Doc Ock is cosplaying all of the Matrix characters at the same time, including the Sentinels. <laughs> that is true. Are we going to have any non-movie villains here? Am I the only one that, like, is is comic booky? Uh, well, it, it depends on who you're talking about. Because also, like, there's been so many Spider-Man movies now, like... <clears throat> The lizard's been in in movies if you count the Andrew Garfield ones and right. Even that's like the tip of the iceberg, though. I mean, there's like oh, yeah, of of I mean, I didn't go too crazy, but the smart. I feel like the Spider-Man villains really go, and this is true. I think of a lot of comic book villains. They really go off the deep end real quick. Oh, of course. Like he's fighting a whole fucking zoo at one point. There's a <laughs> rhino. There's a, the it, it's it's bad. The scorpion, Can't right? Remember. You can't forget kangaroo. There's a kangaroo. There the vulture. The vulture. Yeah, yeah, the, the vulture was in one of these movies in the MCU ones too. He was in a uh, 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 homecoming. Homework. Yeah. Uh, King. Oh yeah, Rhino was in. Wasn't Rhino in one of the Andrew Garfield like, ones? One I believe. Yeah. For he a was, little bit. Yeah, like at the end or the beginning. Or the beginning, the... like it was like a like, kind of like a ten minute like cameo yeah. almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, like, mechanical, right? Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. he was in, like, a suit, like a yeah, mechanical suit. Robot, like, exoskeleton. Guns yeah, it was kind of, like, real, closer to realistic. Like, I guess, like, someone could build that rather than be a human rhino man. <laughs> human rhino man. <laughs> I have expected him to start fighting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at some point, which was a crossover that happened, I think. I mean, yeah, uh, we could uh, go and say, like, Batman had, like, a clock guy. As a villain, where his head is a clock. Like, what? literally, it's a clock. What? <laughs> Who gets paid to write this? People that make a lot of money. Alright, well, one of the guys that I picked is one of my favorite villains, and he is. He is He is a in the menagerie section of the Spider-Man uh, villains, the Jackal. Do you guys even know the Jackal? Anyone? No idea who the Jackal is. No. Oh, see, I knew I, sh- he's I, I in a, He's in one of the Spider-Man video games, if I'm remembering correctly. Is he? Okay, well, that's good. Need to get just, you know, I should just erase you guys. I'm just going to call Brian up and we're going to redo this and screw you guys. <laughs> Thomas has just shared the picture of the Batman villain whose face is a clock. And what the fuck? The clock king. Oh, what man. The fuck? King clock. Oh, no, clock king. Excuse me. Yeah. Clock him. Boom. <laughs> Well, uh, jackal, Steve, I've pulled up this picture of the jackal. He looks like he should be called the Green Goblin. He is kind of green. Um, he's basically, do you know Mr. Sinister? Yes. Okay, he's basically like the Mr. Sinister of Spider-Man villains. He's He was a professor at the college that Peter went to, and he was like a brilliant geneticist and biochemist and all that stuff. And he's also secretly in love with one of his students, and that student just happened to be Gwen Stacy. Okay. And obviously she died, and that kind of made him go crazy, and he wanted to use science to bring her back to life. And As we all do. That's all right, not a weird that's... or creepy storyline at all. Who yeah. among us? <laughs> that would be my first impulse, too. <laughs> who among us hasn't been a university professor in love with a much younger student who then tried to invoke dark science to bring said deceased younger student back to life? Mm-hmm. So while, you know, doing all kinds of genetic cloning stuff, he discovered that Spider-Man was Peter Parker, who was, again, his student, and Gwen Stacy's boyfriend, so he was already jealous of him, and it, you know, really made him go over the edge. And, you know, he, he injected himself with all kinds of stuff, and that made him go from, like, a regular person to being all green and weird-looking. But basically, like... He didn't want to just defeat Spider-Man for, like, money or or fame or power. Like, he just wanted to mess with Peter Parker and just fuck him up because he's crazy, you know. So he creates clones and genetic monsters and all of it. And it, it, it culminated in the Clone Saga in the 1990s, which most people hate. But because I was, like, 10 at the time when those comics happened, I was like, that was the coolest thing ever. Like, you know, there's Spider-Man clones and everything. But extremely relevant. I didn't actually know this until I was, like, looking it up on, on Marvel Wikipedia. But 
the the original fight between Spider-Man and one of the clones that Jackal created. Um, the comic took place in like the the late seventies or early eighties, whatever. But the fight took place in Shea Stadium, and like they blew up part of Shea Stadium in their fights. So definitely can appreciate that. The Wolfhounds were furious. Yeah, of course. And this is also a much newer edition, but this is Marvel canon. The Jackal has a secret lab underneath City Field. <laughs> what? Well, that explains all the injuries. That You know what it also explains? The raccoon. It does. They saw the Jackal. <laughs> Shit, and, uh, they were right. They uh, saw the Jackal the and they were like, what the hell? <laughs> Think of that. Now everything who, makes sense. Who was right then? Both. It was exactly. a horrible amalgamation of the two. Uh-huh. They didn't actually fight, and they're best friends. And <laughs> they actually saw a raccoon the beat, together. The beat has been so convinced they were lied to and throwing a hissy fit about it the whole time that they never realized they were telling you the truth all along. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is a pretty accurate uh, description of the beat's current level of competence. But, you know. Yeah, that is very true. But that, you know, like that, that details like that, stuff like that is why I always preferred Marvel comics over DC. Like they use actual, you know, like there are liberties taken, obviously, but they use actual places, primarily in New York. So like, yeah, you can yeah. do stuff like that. Like DC, there, there is, you know, when, when you're making your own cities up, like, okay, you have, Free reign to do whatever, but it's just always cooler to be like, oh yeah, you know. See, it's funny you say that, Steve, because that's why I always preferred DC. It just broke immersion for me to, for them to describe a place I knew about in a totally ridiculous way. Is, is, is it ridiculous though that there are secret tunnels with mon- genetic monstrosities underneath City Field? Because I don't really think that's breaking immersion <laughs> too much. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, when I'm walking around and I see, like, the Chrysler building, I'm just like, yeah, the Kingpin is up there somewhere. Or, or you know, the Baxter building or, or Doctor Strange's uh, lair. Or, On Bleecker Street? Yeah, right, right. The Sanctum. Yep. The, what the hell is it called? The New York Sanctum. Yeah, what it, it, whatever the name is. But, yeah, like, it's just cool. That, stuff like that has always, like, made me prefer Marvel. You know, whenever I would, my sister went to school upstate in Westchester for... Uh, the first two years of, of her college career and, you know, Westchester. So she's like, oh shit, like Professor X's mansion, like, is somewhere around here. Like, mm. I always thought it was cooler than, than, you know, like you're saying, it, it, it gives you more liberty and, you know, obviously you can do whatever you want when you're making your cities up and you don't need to worry about, like, huh, we blew up half of New York. Like, now what? Imagine living in Gotham, like, like that city's fucking insane. Yeah, I gotta move. I gotta like, move. I, like, just move immediately. Imagine staying there. Like, it just feels like hell the, every day. The first probably. time, like an evil clown runs around the city, blowing things up and killing people. Like, I'm out. <laughs> Something like, real. should stay through. I mean, you go to Metropolis though, and it's literal gods fighting constantly. You go to uh, Motor City and Flash is breaking all known laws of physics left and right. Oh, terrifying. Um, um, I'm out of DC. You'd <laughs> be like, Mom, I can't. Mom, I'm going to be late. Why? Batman blew up the train again. <laughs> oh, Mom, I'm right. going to be late. Flash caused another flashpoint and <laughs> broke physics again. Uber surging because Batman broke all the trains, so everyone has to take his car. <laughs> Batman, Batman, the L, acts, the L would literally never run. Bruce <laughs> Wayne buys Uber, then causes more fights oh on the train to increase his fortune. <laughs> that, that though, like, I kind of, I kind of was just like, is this guy a villain? Is I, I included him on my villain list, but this is the kind of the whole point that this guy has and why he's a villain. J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, J. Jonah, if J. Jonah Jameson is an acceptable villain choice, he's the best villain. Right, like, and... He's and so funny in the next movie, too. He's kind of, I, 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 I like that they kind of turned him to, like, an Alex Jones kind of character. That, that was okay. fan-fucking-tastic. In the movie, I turned to the person I went to the movie with, and I was like, he's literally Alex Jones. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. like, this is literally Alex Jones. That, that's what I said in the post-credits of Far From Home. 
it's so perfect because he's the best part of the original Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson? I think he turns and it they, up to eleven too in this one. Right, and they like managed really to, they managed to say, wait a sec. This kind of newspaper caricature doesn't exist anymore. How can we get uh, Jay uh, Simmons to play the same? Oh, he's Alex Jones. Yeah, they basically made him into like, a crazy person. Yeah, but the thing is, I think when you do that to him, I think he loses some of his like I don't know what the right like subtlety or what. Like that's not the right word, but like Jameson is not evil. He's not like crazy. At best, he's kind of misguided about Spider-Man's intentions because he sees all of the destruction and and problems that we're just talking about like he's just a normal guy and and he sees like oh shit like okay spider-man was here and he also blew up the Island ferry like (laughs) you know like wouldn't you be kind of pissed off and wouldn't you want some answers he he, he's viewing it he's viewing spider-man from like a media point of view and the media would never like any of these superheroes just because like the infrastructure problems and wasn't that part of I never I still haven't seen it and at this point I'm not going to see it but wasn't that part of Avengers 2 like they kind of blow up the entire city in Eastern Europe or something and that's part of that's part of Civil points. War as a result of Avengers 2 yeah, right. oh, yeah. Okay. and there's like a lot of like I mean, Civil War is kind of an Avengers movie it's, it's just, Avengers two and a half yeah Captain America right. three Avengers two and a half yeah it really is <laughs> but yeah that that that's the the fallout from that because it's you have to talk about it. Like you can yeah. just ignore the fact that they had to do that. And and they are a group. The the Department of Superhero Destruction or something like that. It is you know a, a comic group that has existed. And like their job is to basically deal with all the shit that you know superheroes kind of leave in their wake. That was the major plot point in Homecoming. Is the Stark cleanup crew mm-hmm. taking care right. of the first Avengers mess? Right. Yep. 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 It's because, like, there really is, would be so many unintended consequences from these guys running around mm-hmm. for the average everyday person while their lives are saved. Like, yeah, no, just, just billions of dollars of damage. <laughs> Could you imagine the tax hikes? Yeah, we have to raise taxes again. Spider-Man webbed <laughs> half of the Empire State Building, and we have to clean it. Yep, See, but they get two guys on a scaffold up there. <laughs> <laughs> They're up there. Oh, man, we have to be up here again. God how, damn, can you blame, how can you blame the superheroes for this? They're just oh, trying yeah. to help. We're just going <laughs> to let the Chitari overrun the city instead? Yeah, right. I always, I usually dislike these plot lines. They're just funny to me because mm-hmm. it's, it's so like... It's like thinking logic, applying logic and realism to something that, you know... But it's not even logical most of the time, right? Oh, like you, don't civil, think, you don't think politicians civil, would do this? Oh, they Absolutely. would. But it'd still be just as irritating, right? Because it's still yeah. logical. Like, in Civil War, it was logical. Because, like, Ultron is Tony's fault. Whatever. But you're going to blame... Uh, Spider- like, for instance, in the first, very first Spider-Man movie, you're going to blame Spider-Man for the property damage that Green Goblin caused? Uh, just because Spider-Man showed up and saved some people? That seems like bullshit. Alright, well, maybe not that specific scenario, but... Let's try to think other movies. Thor just like kind of beaming down. Like, let's say he didn't come down into the desert. Let's say he came down in the middle of like fucking Central Park. Uh huh. Well, or historic zone, you know, uh-huh. like it's causing some destruction. Doctor Strange altering fabric of reality. I'm sure there are some consequences to that. Also, a major plot point in presumably the next Doctor Strange movie. It may or may not be. I mean, I think that the title gives it away, but the subtitle of Doctor Strange, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, probably gives away what it's about. But, but yeah, uh, what are the villains? Let's. I always like the more grounded in reality ones, like Craven. Like, yeah, I love Craven. They're always a nice little change of pace from here's a here's here's a alien symbiote who took over a journal a photographer. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think that's grounded in realism? <laughs> but it, 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 it's always fun to see like the normal crazy people that Spider-Man has to deal with, and it's probably like, come on, dude, seriously? Like you? I just, I just fought a, a alien man. Now I have to like web up a hunter. You know what I mean? 
Like, and it's always funny to me how they have the same level of legitimacy in the comics. Like, Spider-Man's really struggling against this dude. I'm pretty sure Craven was magically enhanced. Was he? I don't remember. Yeah. He, I haven't read a like, book in a while. He either had, like, an amulet or he had, like, a spell cast on him that turns him into the hunter. Whereas normally, uh, otherwise, he's just Craven, whatever his last name is. But when he is Craven the Hunter, he is is enhanced in some way, shape, or form. He's some Russian know? dude, right? Uh, I believe he's, he's like Russian. Sergei something, yeah. Sergei. Yeah, yeah. Kravenov. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're really not very imaginative with the Russian <laughs> names, are they? No. Listen, it was like the 60s and 70s. What oh, he, he consumed a mystical serum to give himself enhanced strength and dramatically slow the aging process. Okay. Oh, okay, so they made the super soldier serum, but magic. Yeah, exactly. His half-brother is the chameleon. Yes. I don't think I knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. The best part about Craven is, like, you know, he wanted to, you know, uh, hunt the the, the most dangerous animal, man. And obviously Spider-Man is... even more dangerous than regular man. Like, he fights Spider-Man, he beats Spider-Man, he takes Spider-Man's identity and beats a guy that Spider-Man was never able to actually beat, and then when he's all done and he's like, yes, I was able to do it, then he just kills himself like a boss. That is awesome. (laughs) He's in my work here is done, literally, and just was like, no, I'm out. He's like, alright, I'm gonna head out now. Yeah, Kraven is pretty cool. What other guy? Obviously, you know, Venom. Uh, maybe not grounded in reality, but super cool. Carnage. Always a big Carnage fan. Carnage is like, like the Mysterio. super Venom, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just symbiote, Carnage. Like, he's not no, on No, he's a person. Right? Oh, he is? I thought he, he was just symbiote. No, no. Cletus Cassidy. He's like a serial oh, yeah, killer. Right. Yeah. He's a serial killer. I remember now. Carn- like, like Venom at least kind of had like a conscious and was kind of like human underneath everything, whereas Carnage was just like full blown crazy. Like, hey, let's unleash the full powers that we have here and just do highness stuff. I wish that movie was better. I didn't see Venom two, and honestly, I kind of, I kind of don't want to see it just because if it's as bad as people said it was, like, I don't want to really be. I don't really want to be sad, you know? It, it it has huge so bad it's good energy. Where like it's <laughs> it's just like those movies are really bad, but in a way where you're like, I'll have fun with this. Like not where it's so bad where you're like, damn. In the wind. Yeah. Hmm. Another cool villain is Kingpin. Yeah, are we counting Kingpin as a uh, also oh no, I shouldn't also, I also should not devil. I should not reveal spoilers from other Marvel things. Thomas, do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. But okay, are you don't, excited? Don't reveal spoilers, but yes, I, I am. Okay, cool. All right. Also, Kingpin is the very uh, funny TikTok Let's Go Mets stuff from yes. Into the Spider-Verse. So. Yes, yes. I the wish Mets, Kingpin was, like, normal-looking, though. Like, he's, a, a, a like, a mafia boss, basically. Like, he doesn't need to also be, like, a giant... Super weird looking. Uh, yeah, I, I will admit I, that was one of the few things I didn't like about Into the Spider Verse. I thought yeah, that was stupid. Him, like literally like eight feet tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like Snorlax. He looks like a fucking Amogus. <laughs> um, I don't know. Who, I don't know who played the the PS4 game, the Insomniac Spider Man game, but um, I did not. The main villain is Mister Negative, and I got a new love oh, yeah. in that because he was that was really good. I thought that was. Really interesting, and I knew my name on this podcast. (laughs) He's literally like black and white, like a negative, like photo. But I never, like, I knew about him, Steve, and I never read any Mister Negative stuff. So when he was the villain, I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like, it's a cool way to like me to introduce that. I thought he was good. Isn't he a villain from another series, though? Like more? I don't know. Maybe not. Eh, It don't matter. He's a Punisher villain. Okay, that okay. Then that's what I'm thinking of. Then, well, like Punisher and Spider-Man, kind of. Yeah, they definitely work together from time to time. He's in the PS1 game, the Punisher, which is like a, such a good Spider-Man game. Let's see. I have up now a Wikipedia list of lesser known foes of Spider-Man. Here. Oh no. <laughs> 
This is the fun stuff. This is where we get yeah, Spider-Man's plot is... king. So yeah, kangaroo, like I mentioned before. And apparently there are two, <laughs> a name given to two kangaroo-themed villains. So there are two kangaroos. I'd say this has jumped the shark, but I'm sure he's literally fought a shark at this point, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, no, one of the pictures of kangaroo was hilarious. Let's see. Hobgoblin. That's Harry, oh. right? Hobgoblin? Uh, no. I mean, in the in the comic books, no. I know in the movies he was kind of, but... Yeah, he, like, vaguely did it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Pandamania apparently is a panda-themed supervillain. <laughs> I love these when they're in the room and they're like, all right, we can't do Venom again. Who's got any ideas? And someone's like, he's a kangaroo. And everyone's like, let's go. Write it up. We'll fucking do it. White Rabbit, a rabbit-themed supervillain who pilots a giant rabbit mech and has a large arsenal of weapons at her disposal. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Boomerang, a former baseball player who uses oh, boomerangs as a he weapon. Was in, he was in the animated... Um... The animated series of... Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of the DC villain Boomerang. What is wrong with me? Modok fought Spider-Man, so I'm counting him because he's a big head. Nice. Sure. Jack-O-Lantern. Who is what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Basically Hippo. the headless horseman. Hippo. Oh, right, up- more, more fucking... Uplisted- an uplifted hippopotamus that was uplifted by the high evolutionary, so it was given, like, you know, sentience and, and all that kind of stuff. I choose to believe this is a, not some sort of god, but just a, a scientist who did too much acid. <laughs> uh, he is not a god, but he is, like, uh, a kind of uh, turn of the, you know, 19th, turn of the 20th century... Um, eugenics kind of professor that has no scruples so that that's kind of this you know him but here's the best part about hippo the hippopotamus was named mrs fluffy lumpkins before being experimented on despite the fact that it was a male hippo mrs fluffy lumpkins so i think so many comic books man i think whoever wrote that was indeed on acid Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, and there are a lot of bad ones. All right, well, I think we've jumped shark enough. See, like, it's it's amazing people. how many bad comic book characters there are. Yep. And not just so bad they're good. Like, mm-hmm. so bad they're just bad, and what the hell? Who gave this the okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is Hammerhead, the Spider-Man villain, who... Is like he has like a extra strong head or whatever. <laughs> he wears a lot of hair gel. Fucking hell, man. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, well, the little pondery of the week. And I have to rant a little bit here just because I was pissed off, and that goes to the Mets because I was scrolling on Twitter, and on the Mets Farm Report account. There's a picture of Mark Vientos, and I'm looking at it, and it looks familiar. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I open up the folder on my computer of all of my pictures that I've taken over the years. And, yep, it's familiar because it's a picture that I took when I went to Binghamton in May. And what the fuck? Steve, Steve, you know what you did wrong? Is You didn't mint it as an NFT. I should have. That's how it got stolen. Amazing Avenue's NFT podcast. Then they wouldn't have been able to just right-click it. <clears throat> I have so many NFTs saved on my phone just for that reason. <laughs> like, I don't even want them. I just have them. Just because you have to. But like, I'm a simple like, man. I see an NFT, I right-click. <laughs> plagiarism, I don't even want to call it plagiarism, but it happens in this, you know, kind of hobby of ours because there's bazillions of things that we get information from milb tv ba bp pg a lot of acronym places and there's a million different you know 
places that are giving out information, some for free, some for paying, but everything gets jumbled. And then in addition, you have like original research that I might do or you might do or whatever. But once you put it out there, it's out there. And everything is in like the big pool of knowledge that we all draw from, from our website, from other websites, whatever, you know, we're all just kind of contributing to the same thing and we're all doing our same things, whatever. But photography, like, and videos, you know, it's very easy to not right click and save someone else's property. But what makes it even stupider is it's a, it's a, it's Mark Vientos. He's on your team. Like you don't have a picture of the guy that you're employing. That, that uh, that's. I figured they'd have like thousands of everyone. Yeah, like that's what doesn't make sense to me. Like you have thousands of photos. You have thousands of people that you license to take photos. That you pay to to, to take photos. And then the funniest part is the picture. It's a picture of him getting set at first base defensively. I mean, he's I, like, you know. Uh, I have a dumb thing. question because I didn't play much baseball and then never played the infield ever because reasons. Um, is that an unusually low squat? <laughs> I honestly don't remember, like, what the It might be the angle. Was. Yeah. It looks a little ridiculous. He does look pretty funny. Like, cause in every sport, you kind of get into that ready position on the balls of your feet, down in a, in a, in a semi-deep squat, but that looks like he's way too deep. I mean, that I might have, I don't know. That might have literally been like the first game he ever played at first base. I, cause uh-huh. it was like the middle or end of May that I went to the game, and you know, he doesn't have a lot of first base experience, so he might have kind of just been making it up as he goes. But, it is a, it's an objectively funny squat, I would say. Yeah. I hate that picture too because I don't know, like, all of the other pictures that I took of him, like, with the bat or at the plate or whatever, they kind of, like, didn't turn out good, so I've erased them. So, all of the pictures we have of this bat first prospect on Amazing Avenue, you know, from, from me are all, like, defensive ones. Oh, is, I've used that, like, yeah, it's times funny. in a, in a farm report when he's gone, like, two for four with a home run. I know, it's just like, yes, let's highlight all of his offensive contributions. And it's not even his main position, like it's... No, I know. <laughs> he's a third baseman, <laughs> but he, he played first that one day, and you were like, oh, they, they, there we go. Listen, we do what we can. All right, but yeah, rant over, so... I think this That's... is a fully justified rant. This is probably the most justified Will Pottery section we've ever had, because, yeah. frankly, that's... Uh, beyond, like saying it's super shitty is beyond it, it's not that like that's ridiculous and like they're the Mets even if they wanted to use a picture they could pay you a modica they send you a little bit of cash or a discounted ticket or you could literally just ask yeah, yeah that I too <laughs> I hope you know whatever intern did this learns his lesson or her lesson mm. Well, if anyone has any questions or comments, or whatever, you can shoot us an email uh, from Complex. If we missed your favorite Spider-Man villain, send us an yes. angry email. Yes, yeah, send us angry emails about how, you know... Uh, Only in J. Jonah Jameson's voice, though. Lucas is, Lucas is very sexist again for not including any female villains, like last time, so... Oh. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, no, we talked about Doc Ock. She's a woman in, into the Spider-Verse. Get off my oh, case. All right, that's true. Go. That was cool, too. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that was a fun one. All right, then. No, there's no reason to complain. But if you have complaints, nonetheless, send them to from complexqueens at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at said Met Season SZN. Subscribe to our podcast, where you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening. So until next time, love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs>